Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Table Talk. We are right in the middle of the thankful season with Thanksgiving right around the corner. And we thought, what better way to get in the spirit than to talk about ways that we thank our players and our party. And so tonight we are talking about everything related to rewards. We are joined once again by the lovely Dylan Olney of Critical Crafting and one of our frequent collaborators, Connor DeFord. And also my co-host, as always, Christian, small one only. Anybody want to say anything before we get underway here? I'll continue to guess until I get a nickname, and then I'm out of here. <laughs> Trust me, once you get the nickname, it just gets worse. It just goes downhill. Yeah. <laughs> People take don't forget. That. <laughs> no, um, I'll, on a real note, um, this is... Connor DeFord, uh, Cameron's younger brother, and I believe this is about my fourth time or so being on. Um, so I guess they are just absolutely desperate to have people on at this point. <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, it's it's good to be back, and I'm excited to talk about this, uh, what is right now a really relevant topic with Thanksgiving coming up, like Cameron mentioned. I'm Dylan Olney, uh, again, back here from Critical Crafting, and I guess now also the Lost Adventures Company. So I think, you know, back in Connor up here, there's some upselling going on or something. I don't know what exactly, but happy to be back. <laughs> and, We're now officially uh, sponsored. That's right. Officially. <laughs> no, nah, I wish. So, you know, happy to be sharing uh, some, some cool stuff with everybody about rewards, and I am thankful to be here. Oh gosh! <laughs> and uh, I'm a Christian, also known as Small One on this channel. Still don't know why, as I am the taller of the siblings between me and Dylan. But I'm going to be tonight a little bit of a moderator and a question asker, as I am not a DM, so I really don't have much to offer in how to reward players. As normally, I am the one getting the gifts. <laughs> See, you should have had a topic about how to reward your DM, and you could have talked about all the times you did great things for your DM that struggles for you all the time. But no, but that doesn't have any stories about that. I, I don't have any. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all out. Like, unfortunately, uh, my my college budget has allowed me to spoil you much, Dylan. <laughs> no, but on a serious note, um, tonight. Uh, I would like to start our discussion here, if everyone's ready, uh, simply asking, how do you guys reward your players in sessions? What is the main like medium that you like to reward them in? Is it is it items? Is it side quests? Is it powers? Is it feats? Just give me a quick uh, synopsis on how you guys view uh, rewarding players in your sessions. I'll kick us off if you guys don't mind. Um, so I actually, I can't take any credit for this because I literally just ripped this off from Dylan. Um, but he uses um inspiration tokens, which you guys will have to like give me some insight on that. I don't know if that's something that Dylan uh created or if that's something from the rules, but basically uh giving tokens based on um good role play. Yeah. Do you want to elaborate on what that does then? Yeah, yeah, sorry. And you can cut that out. Um <laughs> <laughs> ever. <laughs> No, um, so like I mentioned, giving tokens um, based on role play specifically and um, the inspiration as far as how I use it allows um, the player to roll 2d20 and take the higher of the two rolls. And um, I actually, um, the way I do it is they can't use it for combat specifically, like trying to um, 
deal damage essentially so it's more of like like skill based again i completely stole that from dylan so i'm sure he could probably give some more insight as far as like how he came up with that and whatnot well, it, well i mean we play 3.5 all of us or you know a version of pathfinder or whatever and i basically took the idea from advantage in 5e where you know you can roll twice and take the higher of the two rolls normally that's because either you've cast a spell or have an ability or just literally have advantage in a situation but i found that one it works both in a 5e encounter which a lot of people are playing now and two it also works in older editions where you say okay you know if you did really really cool role play and this is the thing it's hard to get people to role play we've talked about this in the past and you know some of our episodes how do you get people involved how do you get them to role play step out of their comfort zone one of the cool ways i've found is to give them an actual in-game reason to do so and what that is, is giving them what we use as, you know, inspiration tokens, which again is essentially advantage for 5e, but it's used as, okay, you have this token and you can spend it whenever. And the idea is that if you want to use that and give an enemy disadvantage on a roll, you can. If you want to use that and, you know, uh, roll twice for trying to talk to a certain king you know, five sessions later or something, you totally can. So it's a little bit different from the, the canon way that is, you know, advantage or disadvantage is normally used. And it is a way to kind of give players both a, a mechanically tangible and then also kind of like an intangible in a sense reward for what they're doing. That's something I've also stolen from Dylan too. I'm not afraid to admit that as well. But it's, I think a lot of times it's just um, the the biggest thing to kind of think about is the fact that you're literally just using positive reinforcement with it. So when the player does something that was super awesome, then by rewarding them with an inspiration token, they're going to keep doing it. The other players are going to see it and they're going to start doing it. And that just encourages everybody to think outside the box or to better role play or I, I'll add in too. I like how I don't know if Dylan mentioned this, but he actually has an actual physical um, token that he printed as well. And I think like earning that in a game, like it's awesome because you actually have something that's tangible. That's like, wow, I I actually just got something, a, a reward. Obviously, it's not worth anything monetarily, but I think it just adds to the like, well, that's awesome. Like I did something cool in the game and I got rewarded for it. So speaking about like using tokens and a lot of these different ways that you can reward a player, do you find that you specifically then only reward individuals or do you ever find yourself rewarding the entire party too? Hmm. That's a really good question, Christian. I'm glad you asked that. My first thought is that it's more so an individual basis. I honestly don't know if I can think of too many times that I've rewarded the party as a whole rather than individually. Okay. But that's a really good point though. And I, I would well, be interested I to hear how that could be done. Depending on how you think of rewards, sometimes um, the entire party could be rewarded for like a good action or a um, specific action that was, I guess like in character or role playing wise, like dealt really well with the story and everyone works together really well. Perhaps there would be an entire party just for a reward to uh, maybe gain like more power or more influence a certain faction. I was just thinking of in that way. Uh, just, I guess, do you reward your 
individuals always, or is it? Can it be also party? What do you guys normally see yourself doing? Um, if it's okay to answer it this way, because I don't want to get ahead of ourselves. Okay. I I've had a time where I rewarded the whole party at once, but what I rewarded them with was individual. If that makes sense. So they they all got rewarded, but they all didn't get the same reward. Um, and again, I can go into further detail if you want, but I'll hold off also if you want me to. No, I think that's that's normally like how I'd view um, like maybe a, a total party reward where each person would receive maybe like a specialized item or maybe like more um, like character lore that would develop their backstory further or help them like on their personal quests, perhaps maybe get like a map or some information that would lead them to their ultimate destination. It's maybe a little more personal. But they all get like different tiny little, you know, rewards that all add up at the same time. Is that kind of what it was? Yeah. Yeah. So in, in what I did, um, I thought that they did something really cool um as far as role playing, how they like interacted with um this god that they were talking to at a shrine. And also I knew that they were like really itching to get some sort of like tangible like milestone since the party is still yet to um to level up after finishing one campaign and being about three fourths or so on the way to mine. So again, I, I did reward all of them at the same time, but all of their rewards were tailored to each of them. And I tailored it um, either based off of their character and what I thought their character would want, or I tailored it off of what them as an actual player would want. And I can give some examples if you want me to. Yeah, so uh, one of our party members is just like a pretty strict fighter, a pretty vanilla fighter, and I rewarded him with like just arena protection because I knew he's always like in the thick of it, and the rest of our party is primarily casters, so he is taking like the brunt of the damage. Um, so I thought like this is perfect to give him something that like makes him a little bit more beefier. I rewarded a wizard more based on him as a player. I know that he uh was really excited as a brand new player to play as a wizard, but kind of felt like he doesn't have access to too many spells at the moment, which obviously is on purpose because he's only level two. So I decided to kind of uh, dip in to like level two spells and find one that I thought wasn't too overpowerful for where they're at and just gave him access to it for 24 hours in game. So again, just finding ways to like, tailor those rewards to my individual players or to their characters. So I would ask not as like a kind of not to counter or disagree, but more as like a devil's advocate here is specializing these items or these like convenience, I guess, information or lore where you just kind of like put them at the end of like a big battle or big intense role playing session. Does that cheapen the reward at all? Because it's like, Oh look! Like we walked in this dungeon, we killed this troll, and we magically find something that specifically is what I wanted. Like there's a bow for the archer. There's a, you know, a special uh, <clears throat> knapsack for the rogue. Like does that cheapen it at all by making it almost like not realistic in any way? Or do you think that part of the fantasy is kind of that it's okay for some of those items to be more specified and um, non-realistic? I I think um it kind of depends on how you do it and I don't want to like by any means claim that I did it the perfect way but um as I mentioned mine um 
example was when they encountered a god at a shrine and they had just saved the um like one of the the followers of that god and he was just like really pleased with them so my kind of excuse meta wise of why this god would give them such individual rewards is he's he's a deity so he's like all knowing essentially so he has followed them quote unquote on their adventure and like watched them and knows what they would want as uh as characters so I, I think it didn't seem so like oh you went to a dungeon and just happened to find the exact weapons and items that are more are like specifically for each player well the other thing too is you know if we're talking about okay you go and you you know you find a big boss and you find this treasure right well if they find the treasure that hey there's like a bow here and great that works for our ranger and we find a wand and awesome like that's really tailored towards what the wizard wants like your players are going to be happy they're not going to sit there and go hey wait a minute that's tailored specifically to me because and the reason is because if you give them let's say you just give them a bunch of gold what they're going to do is go and buy the wand that makes the wizard happy and buy the bow that makes you know what i mean okay, so okay you know, you're in in a sense you can cut out the middleman and one of the other fun things is that instead of giving them gold to run around and like go get the stuff they're like hey we can like do all these things with this you give them items that are tailored to not only what they want but also that you know what they're going to do with them which is helpful as a dm most of the time if you're just like hey here is you know three thousand platinum pieces and then in the next minute you're drowning in the fact that they just hired an army to take out your big bad evil guy that's kind of on you you know if you would have just given the guy his fancy magic bow instead of all these platinum pieces you might be in a better position <laughs> i think though it, it doesn't have to like exclusively be that way either though dylan does a really cool thing where a lot of times so we're we're talking about like rewards and stuff specifically but um one of the things that dylan's always done that i think that's really cool is when we have some sort of a holiday or a like a celebration of some sort or just like a noticeable thing or whatever like sometimes you, the item you get is just something completely random and it's it's a more or less mundane type of thing and it's kind of up to you then to figure out like how you would use it and so like for instance a good example i think and dylan can obviously elaborate more but when we had um, Christmas boons that we got a couple of years ago at, at our earlier part of our campaign, and Christian's character got a snowball launcher, just like a, a really basic kind of thing to put a snowball in and then just like launch it really far. And like it was all kind of a tongue in cheek thing. But then a couple of months down the road, we were at a situation where that actually was used in a really like ingenious way. And then it was just just kind of cool to see because when Dylan made that, it, I'm sure he wasn't thinking, Oh, this will actually get them out of a tough spot someday. It was just like, here's something thematic and let's see, let's see how creative they can get with it. Mm -hmm. I think you learned that lesson for sure. <laughs> Don't give Christian any mundane item, with any, <laughs> any capability to do anything. <laughs> well, it is something, you know, we're talking about rewarding players and, and yeah, there is like the in-game rewards of inspiration or, you know, advantage, the 5e mechanic there. And then we do have, you know, rewards like loot and treasure and that kind of thing that you find. Um, but on top of that, what I, you know, what camera saying, I like to do something that I reward my players, not just for like in-game stuff, but just for like being part of my group. Like, I love that I have people that are in my group and as a DM, I can do cool stuff for them. Like, 
you know, I can I, I can 3D print minis for them. I can, you know, write up a cool um, like a magic item that's specifically for them for like their birthday or just at Christmas time. I can make a bunch of random stuff that's thematic like we we're talking about. And I think, you know, we're talking about like Thanksgiving or whatever. Like I love having my players like they're my friends. They're my family. Like I Aww. like to be able to give them things. And so like, you know, writing up a cool stat block or writing up a cool um, magic item is a great way to show people like, hey, like you're awesome. I care about you. And here's something cool. And even if it is, you know, most of the time it is thematic. It is something that's weird and random. And um, because I don't want to unbalance the game, I don't want to hand somebody a, a Vorpal longsword for Christmas. And they're like, oh, sweet. You know, not <laughs> You know, I, I and, and so instead I'll do something like you can summon a, a flying uh, reindeer that happens to have a, a nose that glows red and exudes light out to 60 feet for once, you know, once every 365 days or whatever, you know. So so I think that's a fun thing. And we've introduced um, what we call the outsider, which is essentially a deity in the game that functions as the DM. Um, and that's a fun way to be like, hey, the outsider has gifted you with X. So um anyway there's my uh my tidbits on that no i I think it's a really good point that it doesn't have to be something just for good behavior but it can just be kind of uh because they're in your group and you want to do something nice for them i think that players should also do the same thing for the dm whether it's you know just bringing them some food or maybe offering to refill their drink when they're you know, <laughs> in the middle of a boss fight, hoping to get some After karma from them. It. Yeah, well, okay, that, I didn't have, you didn't have to mention that part. You know, you could have left that their car. I sounded a lot cooler before that part, but now I just sound like I'm going to fix something. But uh, no, but it's important to uh, realize you can reward your players um, even when they don't necessarily deserve it right away, you know. Moving on, if you guys want to. Is everyone okay? Um, it, yeah, if you don't mind, actually, okay. I wanted to add in because both Cameron and Dylan mentioned how Dylan used like the outsider and everything. And Cameron mentioned the um, snowball launcher. And if I remember right, and you guys want to correct me, there were actually two times specifically that I remember where Dylan used the outsider. And I think they might have been two different Christmases. You guys want to help me with that one. But once obviously was like the Christmas themed ones, which if I remember right, my reward was that I could summon a reindeer that like could fly then for like a certain amount of time. But then the second time he rewarded us as the outsider, he actually asked us outside of the game, what is one thing your character wants if they could have like anything period. And at the time I was playing as my Warforged, and I just like completely jokingly said that he would want a heart. Like thinking of like the 10 man from, um, wizard of Oz, and i just like again said it as a complete joke and everything and then boom the next session dylan rewards us with the items and um when we got to that session then ultimately he presented the reward to us and he actually um had made an in-game heart essentially for my character there was like this ball of light that floated around the character to like illuminate 60 feet out or 30 feet out or something. And I just thought that was the coolest thing that like Dylan had created something that my character like jokingly wanted. And it, <laughs> I think just like the cleverness that Dylan had and also like it did still tie into my character was just a really cool way to reward. And I think also like 
I'm going on a bit of a tangent, so my apologies, but I like how he did that by asking the players outside of the game, but still having them role play while think of thinking like, what would their character want? See, I'm glad you went within that direction because at first when you said that Dylan was going to make you a heart, I thought he was just going to like 3D print like a living heart for a second. <laughs> I mean, stable. he he no. does play as a necromancer, so we're oh, lucky gosh. it wasn't a real heart. Oh, <laughs> Didn't you have two dogs last week? <laughs> this one's just for you. Sacrifice needed. It's still beating. <laughs> uh, um, so talking uh, more about rewards here, uh, what kind of reward do you think is more impactful to a player? Do you think a physical reward, whether it's an item or an uh, just something that they can physically hold on to, like a token? Or do you think something more emotional or mental, where it's like lore or maybe like a specific occurrence in the plot happens that is... Uh, I guess, like, not expected, and is a reward to them, whether it's, like, a character relationship happening or somebody surviving that they really, you know, have fought for for so long. Um, just what do you think is more impactful to the player, I guess, in general? I think, and maybe this is, like, a cop-out answer, but I think it honestly depends on the player and, like, their play style and what they value the most. Okay. And I would do it. A good example is the some of the other episodes we've done where we've talked about different play styles and how to run d mm -hmm. for that style then. Somebody that's a role player, like Christian, for instance, that we've identified, I, in, in his mind, a, a piece of lore could go a lot further than maybe a weapon would or some sort of intel, intel or some sort of secret that could potentially have big ramifications in the game. Uh, whereas a power gamer or like a hack and slasher, they might look at a... A secret from from an NPC as being kind of a waste of breath, but if you gave them a plus two flaming longsword, they're gonna just go crazy with it. So, <laughs> no, I would totally agree with that. I think you know it all depends on what what kind of a player they are. The role players are gonna go more for the lore or for something that enhances their character. Maybe it is a weapon, or maybe it is an item or something. But it's something that you know they can then take and better role play with. And for a, a power gamer or a hack and slasher, they're going to look for the thing that lets them power game and hack and slash the most. At the same time, though, I almost think you could use that information to your benefit, though. So if you had, for instance, a player that you wanted to try and get engaged a little bit differently or a di maybe a little better, um, say, for instance, you have someone like Christian that role plays a lot maybe to him giving him a a plus two longsword is going to seem like this isn't that beneficial to me but if you i feel like you could use that to still try and encourage him to maybe step outside of his comfort zone a little bit maybe put him in a situation where even though that that boon is a tangible item maybe because his character is carrying it around uh, an npc notices him and mistakes him for royalty or thinks he's somebody else, or you know what I mean? And maybe that leads to a, a role-play encounter that maybe normally wouldn't have been there otherwise. So I think you could also, or maybe you have a play, a group of all, maybe, or primarily, say, hack and slashers. They just want to go around and cut stuff up. But if you gave them some sort of a, a big, like, lore dump of something that they came across, maybe 
they're finding out information from a lost dynasty and no one else has even in recorded history knows this thing exists or whatever. Now it's up to them to see how they could perhaps use that means to their own end or whatever. Well, and one thing that we haven't touched on is um, physical items, physical props and that, which is something mm-hmm. that I'm probably a little bit biased because I've helped design them and make them and that, you know, for 3D printing or whatever. Um, but I feel like when you hand a character, you know, a hand a, a, an actual player a coin or hand them like, hey, you guys found this ring in this dungeon and you hand them a physical ring, um, it, it tends, I think, and I've never been on the receiving end of this, but I feel You've like... You've done the research. I've done the research. Right. <laughs> I, I feel Did a like poll. It, it has a lot, like, it has a sort of gravity to it when there's a physical, like actual item in the real, you know, a healing potion or something that you hand them like that kind of a reward, I feel like has even more of an impact than just something on paper. That's definitely true because I currently in the game that we're playing in, I have a 3d printed ring that my character has come into possession of, which is awesome. And I find myself like just wearing that while we're at the table, even if my player is not using it as an item at the time. And then I also have, not one, but two advantage tokens right now that are 3D printed coins from one of the Kickstarters, Dylan's. Humble brag. Yeah, and I there's been times where I've, I've been in a situation where I kind of want to use them, but at the same time, I know that means I'm going to be giving them back to do it, and so I'm kind of like hesitant to do so just because they're cool to hold on to. I don't know. So now I'm just kind of hoarding them, I guess. But So continuing on uh, with our discussion here, what advice do you think you'd give to DMs out there who want to start rewarding their players more? So I would say, what I would say is don't be afraid to break your game by giving your players too much stuff. The reason that I say that is because I have broken my game by giving my players too much stuff. And uh, and you're going, well, wait, you just said don't be afraid of it. The reason is you can always fix it. If you, you know, find that you've given players a, a ring of invisibility and all of a sudden they're running around and, and thwarting everything you throw at them, well, now there's monster that has, you know, sea invisibility or whatever. And while that might cheapen it for some people, like, what the heck? We got this thing. We did this stuff. And, you know, now everything sees us. For some people, it's OK. I get it. You know, you're balancing the game. And if you have that conversation after you have given someone something like, hey, guys, like. I gave you a portable hole that's also a black hole that also allows you to summon gold out of it whenever you want. And I didn't realize, you know, that's obviously an extreme example, but I I didn't think about the fact that that could break the game. It could be something as simple as, hey, I gave you an enveloping pit and I did not realize that you could shove a a gray jester inside of it, uh, essentially disabling one of my like semi big bad evil guys during a session and now you're running around with him inside, like, okay, I need to figure out, like, you know, you can there, you can find ways to take it from the players in the game. You can find ways to talk to them about something, but like, hey, this is not, like, balancing the game anymore. It's not going to be really fun for anybody because there won't be a challenge. Like, most people are totally fine with that. And the, and the further you get along, the more opportunity there is for, like, weird, crazy stuff to happen. So if weird, crazy stuff happens, like, let it happen. That's what D&D is all about. But don't, again, don't be afraid to hand out too much, because if you hand out too much, you can always hand out bigger, badder monsters. The other thing to build off of that point too, Dylan, which I think is really important, the, so like he said earlier, and we've talked on before, 
we play 3.5. So that's, I know probably way different from a lot of people that listen, but I know one of the kind of common things that people say about 5e is that magic items are so rare by comparison. And so the thing that, that I, I try and think of is the fact that our game has been playing now for three and a half years or whatever. I feel like that's incredibly unusual. I mean, who knows? I mean, you might start playing D&D with your friends and have a great time. And then two months down the road, somebody moves or somebody gets a new job or somebody has a kid and they can't come anymore. So that person, maybe they only were able to play for eight or 10 weeks of, of the game or whatever. What if, what if you're, they didn't come the, across the whole time they've been playing? What if they didn't come across a single magic item? Like who knows when they're going to play again? What if, like, I don't know, like who knows how often any of us can play again. So why not just throw out cool magical items and cool little story plots and th- um, threads to the lore and things like that when, while you have the opportunity to. YOLO, my dude. Yeah. <laughs> YOLO, you only roll once. <laughs> there, there's your sign-off. There's a sign-off. And, and, and the episode's all over. <laughs> they don't have to be like incredibly powerful magic. Like It's not like, okay, it doesn't have to be a plus five flaming longsword or something insane. Like We've had you know animated teddy bears, like, and you can find really cool ways to use it. But the thing is, like, even if it's just an animated teddy bear and all you can figure out to do with it is like, hey, go in there and check this thing out and come back. Like, The fact is, your character now has an animated teddy bear. Like, that's super cool. And people, like, love that kind of a thing. So you can come up with magic items or use magic items that don't break a game um, and still reward players in a really fun and cool way. And I think that enhances your game a lot. I think my main advice, which is a given, is to be creative. Um, Anyone can throw gold or level up or feats or anything like that and not that those are bad ways to reward your players but if you are creative and you tailor the rewards or gifts to each player or to each play style i think you'll find the players one will will remember it i mean we've listed off examples that happened years ago that we still remember and i think it's just be creative and know your players and know what they would appreciate the most um so i would say real quick that one of the other things we have thrown in in the past to reward players other than you know magic items um you know physical tokens and or physical props and that kind of thing is we have done um added skill points or you know new feats or whatever and the idea being like hey you did this really cool thing like you're not leveling up yet or you didn't get a really awesome magic item but you get skill points like towards a profession. Maybe it's something ridiculous. You know, maybe it's you got skill points towards the profession of stone cutting or, you know, uh, geography or something. Um, or it's that you get to pick out a new feat for your character or a new ability for your character. And that can be something that's really fun because it's okay. Now, like maybe I didn't level up, but I still get to participate in character creation as part of the game in between like when I would level, which I think can be really fun for people. That's a good point. I think it's important to uh, <clears throat> put out that it doesn't have to be like gaining all these new feats that are immediately going to make you super overpowered, but they can just be feats or skills that really like make you a more diverse character or make you play a different playing style, kind of force you into your like 
maybe some instances that aren't as comfortable for you as a player just to make you grow, I guess, more. Also, too, building off of that, the last time that we had this happen in our current game, Dylan had everybody go through and pick a profession and then be able to dump a certain number of skill points into that profession. So it was something that, like, his reasoning was it's going it, to, it, correct me if I'm wrong, Dylan, uh, but I, I think the reason behind it was that it would kind of better flesh out some of our characters, but it would also, like, for instance, if, like, all of us, whether we've talked about it or if we've, like, discussed it during the game, all of our characters, in theory, were doing something before they were adventuring. So, like, what was that? What, mm-hmm. what were they before they were an adventurer? Were they in the farm? Were they a blacksmith? Were they a sailor? You know? And then the other thing was that Dylan, having played now for 15-plus years or whatever, and I, it might have been the first time that anyone's ever used the profession skill, you know? It was just an, an aspect of the game that doesn't really get used. So that was a way Dylan could reward everybody with something. People love stuff. People love getting something for nothing, you know? So the fact that it's like, hey, pick a profession and then give yourself some skill points. Now, after we did that, everybody's, I feel like, constantly trying to think of how can I use that, which is usually not used at all, and use that to our benefit. So, I, I like, too, for the feats, he didn't just do it as simple as, oh, hey, everyone can pick a new feat this session, because then most people are just going to pick the best feat for their character or class. Uh, what I really liked is he said, pick a feat from this specific D&D book. And um, I remember one time we got it when we were in, like, I believe either underwater or on um, a ship. So all of the feats were related to being on ships. So like the feats were just like, you have better balance or something. So you had to think of like more feats of that would be beneficial for where we were at in the game and not just so much like which feat is going to make me stronger. Yeah, I forgot all about that. That's a really good point. Yeah, it was actually something that, uh, again, it was a lot like the profession idea where I had read through all of these books. Um, and, you know, people that are looking at Rhyme of the Frostmaiden now might be thinking a little bit about this, about like characters that are adapted to certain environments and that kind of a thing. Um, and I had been, you know, looking at the 3.5 book Sandstorm and, and Frostburn and that. And I was like, you know, if you were to drop a character into this setting and they were to build their character from level one and they knew they were always going to be in this setting they would totally pick a whole bunch of these feats but if you never knew you were going to a desert or you never knew you were going to be you know out at sea or in an arctic environment or something there's no way you'd pick any of these feats like they're just completely useless otherwise and so that's why i decided you know a cool reward would be to say hey you know you're in this environment there are these feats that are applicable to this environment or, you know, if you're playing another edition, maybe it's skills or items or whatnot and say, okay, cool. Like pick one out. You've done this cool thing in the game. Here's a reward, pick out a feat, pick out skills, pick out whatever that fits this specific environment from this book um, to help you out. And I think it's worked pretty well. Like some of them, you know, we've got players that have some feats that they probably won't use for another two years, but they're there. So uh, are we are we going to move on here? I have another question. I just don't want to cut anyone off. Yeah, go okay. for it. Okay. So to move on here, what do you think is the best part about giving back to the players? That one day they'll finally give back to you. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you hope. It, it hasn't happened yet, 
Yeah, yeah don't hold <laughs> hold your breath on that one, man. <laughs> I guess I would say, and this is probably gonna just sound like really, really corny and hallmarky, oh, but <laughs> yes. just just seeing that little twinkle in the player's eye, like yes. like a kid coming down to the Christmas presents on Christmas Day and seeing that wow. Nintendo 64. No, um, but really like as much as I'm joking, seeing a player like really brighten up with what you've given them because you know like what you tailored towards them it worked and like you actually do know your players well and everything i think just seeing them like actually care for all the work that you put into something (laughs) well and it's one of the great ways like that you can um you know kind of relate to them like one of the the boons we just i recently did halloween and i asked people what they wanted and so i actually had these different items in this sort of like puzzle this time instead of just giving them the players they had to go through it and i i remember uh, one of them um bronson he he plays a barbarian and so he has no skills in like history or reading or you know anything like that so he's like i want a pop-up book and i want to be able to do like knowledge checks like history checks using the pop-up book and so i you know i made it and i made a bunch of other items and i had everyone like pass items around the table and you could see the just like sheer excitement when he found the pop-up book i was like oh my gosh like it's it's it is that moment of like this is exactly what i wanted it's like you like asked for it for christmas and then exactly dear outsider well and and that's i think that's so fun though that like you can do that for somebody and it's not like you know all it is is your time it's not like you're you know sinking a bunch of money into you know buying this big thing or you know books or or minis or whatever it's literally just hey like i made this thing with you in mind i thought about you i thought about the character that you're playing i thought about the things that you like or like things that can help in the game and here it is like i'm giving it to you and when they like when a player recognizes that and is super excited about it there's really no better feeling as a DM. <laughs> Other than a TPK. <laughs> <laughs> and then just to repeat like what I touched on earlier, like it's it's literally positive reinforcement. So if you if you wish your if you wish your group role played more and you have a player that has a really awesome moment role playing, reward them and make a big deal about it and explain Oh, dude, that was so cool that you just did that. Here's here's inspiration. That's amazing. Everybody else is going to want to do that, too. They're going to start doing it as well. So it's kind of like you're able to kind of railroad them. how you're – yeah, exactly. You're, you're, you're kind of like Pavlov with the bell. So. <laughs> well, and honestly, like, dogs to you. I've, 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 I've noticed with, you know, Tyler, who's one of our newer players, like every time – because he's, you know, he's newer. When he role plays and he role plays well, I try and let him know that he did, you know, and and do something cool about it. Like, if hey, I'm calling on the the Reaper Dragons to come and help me out. Like, if Christian was doing that, I'm like, okay, buddy, whatever. You know, here here he goes again, kind of thing. But when it's someone who is new to the game and hasn't role played before and is like trying things out, like you can you can loosen up and reward them a little bit more or give them a little bit more leeway um because it's something that will reinforce and help them to grow as a player which i think is great i feel like we're just rats in the maze just solving this maze over and over again <laughs> my maze. Like 20 times and it's my maze over and see me and you're just like yeah you know 
Tyler solves it one time and he gets like a new feed or something. Just <laughs> he gets to leave. He gets to leave the maze. Yeah, he gets to leave the maze. Just, like, just looking oh, at you, going, "I am the danger." Uh, so, where do you guys normally draw your inspiration for different rewards and just in general ways to give back to your players? Do you can you share some of like maybe um, if you have forums you look at, if you have. Uh, maybe YouTubers you watch, if you, and Dylan, you don't count, but in general, <laughs> just inspiration of where you get uh, your ideas for uh, just ways to give back. I just copy whatever Dylan did the week before. No, no, no. <laughs> um, I was going to say, you know, like we were talking about, one of the best ways to reward players with what they want is to actually ask them. It's a, Hey, um, you know, what it is that you would like for this? Uh, you know, what, what would you like in the future? What's something your character would want? What's something that your character's interested in? And have them even role play it a little bit to help you out. The other thing is to look at canon items. If you're worried about unbalancing your game, just take a look at a normal D&D or whatever system you're playing. Look at that item. And then tweak it a little bit, change it up, rename it, you know, reskin it, and then you know you're not dealing with anything that's over the top. I know one way where I kind of got inspiration is just literally looking at like certain milestones or things that my players' characters would get down the road and just kind of giving that to them in advance while making sure that it's not going to like break the game. So giving like an extra, um, Eldritch ability to our warlock earlier on, but making sure he isn't going to be OP because he can only use it like once a day kind of thing. Or like I mentioned earlier, giving the wizard a level two spell earlier, but again, making sure that he can only use it every so often. So just looking at what they could get down the road and kind of rewarding them a little beforehand because it makes them feel like their characters are actually starting to get power, like more powerful. The other thing, too, Dylan had a good point, but I would even say something that I feel like has been really kind of neat is when you give the party, or it's not the party, if you, when you give the player something that they weren't even really expecting anything at the time. So if if you say to someone, like, oh, what would your character, hypothetically, what would your character really like right now? They're going to be expecting you to probably give them or have something in the loot next time they find like a, a treasure trove or something. But I think a, a good skill to have regardless, just listening to your player, players gives you a, a, like a lot of kind of cards to hold behind your, your like screen or whatever. So if you're, say the party goes to a town and one of the players mentions how, oh, I was really hoping that they would have this or, oh, I really was hoping I would have enough gold for that item. And you just kind of make a little mental note of it and then next time the opportunity arises or the situation presents itself where you want to reward them with something, you have them receive that item they were looking for or a variation of it. And suddenly they're super excited because it was what they wanted without having to like ask a leading question first. Mm -hmm. I like that a lot. All right. So we're coming around to the end here. Our time's uh, almost done. And uh, I'm going to ask here for, uh, I guess, final thoughts. I would say the main thing that I would encourage people to take away from this would actually be advice that Dylan shared, that don't 
ever let the fear of making the game unbalanced or making it unfair or something be what stops you from doing some sort of like a reward or a boon or just showing like just giving your players something cool you know this could be for all you know the last time they're able to come for a while and just giving them like a a really cool moment in the spotlight i think is just really cool and rewarding i think adding on to that for my final thought even though i'm not a dm um, from a player's perspective i think it's always better to uh, for a dm to i guess like try and connect with the player whether it's you know a subtle way or whether it's just kind of like a shot in the dark um, taking chances just in general to try and connect with the player through an item or through lore is always gonna mean more than just kind of like throwing a random item at them so i will uh chime in for my final thoughts you know we've talked a lot about what can you know dms do for their players if you're a player listening, don't forget that there are things that you can do for you, DM, too. Um, we touched on it a little bit, but things like just role-playing well, um, being awesome at the table, bringing food every now and then, you know, um, that kind of a thing could really go a long way. It doesn't have to be something where you're physically bringing them stuff, but just being an active participant in a world and an environment that they're kind of setting up for you can be something that's really, really beneficial. Um, Cause a lot of times DMs don't get the love that they deserve. <laughs> <laughs> I gave you pizza that one time, <laughs> but I mean, you dropped it on the floor before that. Well, so yeah, it wasn't I, mean, special. It. <laughs> <laughs> and I ate it because he didn't want the pizza on the floor. <laughs> wow. We don't want to waste food. Yeah. J- um, my takeaway would just be, to reiterate what I said earlier, be creative and don't be afraid to do more like homebrewing or maybe even taking like actual magical items that exist in the game, but like tweaking them if you feel like they're going to be too powerful for them to get at the moment. All right. And now we're off to sign offs. So for tonight, uh, Dylan, would you like to start us off? All right. Here you go. If the party doesn't give you gifts, it's time for murderous methods. And if your party gives you sass, it's time to whip out the Tarrasque. Oh <laughs> oh. Wow. You really had us leading on there for a second. You really <laughs> had us in the first half. <laughs> <laughs> and he nailed it. He stuck the landing. Oh <laughs> Cameron, would you like to go next? Yes, I would. Uh, thank everyone for stopping in tonight. And I would say, in the words of Christian's favorite band, Limp Biscuit. Keep rolling, 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 rolling. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Gosh, I have never felt so added. I don't even know. How many episodes did it take before you before you use that? It seems like such a given. I know, and I just know Chris is such a big Fred Durst fan that it was just bound to happen at some point. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> All right, Connor, what do you got for us tonight? I would just once again thank you guys for having me on, and uh, I look forward to when you inevitably run out of guest again and ask me to join again. (laughs) I feel so honored and privileged. No, um, my sign-off would be, (laughs) doesn't matter if you're naughty or nice, just keep rolling them dice. Oh, my God. (laughs)
It's not even holiday season yet. Christmas. Gosh. Go back to the department store. Uh, or Kroger for that matter. Alright, uh, and my sign off tonight will be Christian's my name, getting rewards is my game, and Yoro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you guys didn't like it, did you? Lame rhymes with game. <laughs> it's in like your top twenty. <laughs> All right, thank you so much for hanging out with us tonight. And uh, <clears throat> all of us here from Table Talk would like to remind you to keep on rolling those dice. Have a great night, guys. When you said that Dylan was gonna make you a heart, I thought he was just gonna like three D print like a living heart for a second. He does play as a necromancer. <laughs> Didn't you have two dogs last week? <laughs> Table Talks theme music, Rhino's theme, is brought to you by Kevin McLeod under the Creative Commons license. Please see the show notes for more details.